Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast. Um, and we have a Patreon. Uh, the show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. That's at patreon.com slash I Love That Movie. Um, and if you sign up, you do get a weekly bonus episode of everything else I'm watching that week. People frequently ask me my thoughts on movies, shows, and other stuff besides just the movies we cover every week. That's all on the Patreon. Um, and I want to take a quick moment to thank my top patrons in there, Chris Balga, Jeff Whitman, Philip Barker, and Michael Cross. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. And if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate this show. It does help new listeners find us. I have a new guest with me on the show today. I have Tom with the Hops and Box Office Flops podcast. Say hi, Tom. Uh, hello. Thank you for having me. That almost sounded like a tongue twister for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot of words. <laughs> um, Tom, since this is your first time on the show, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us about your podcast and about about your experience with movies. Okay, yeah. So, Hops and Box Office Flops is a movie podcast as well. Uh, we generally pair a underperforming or bad movie with a craft beer, and then we discuss. Uh, that movie. Oftentimes we have a lot of fun at the movie's expense. Sometimes we do movies we really love, uh, but we do generally cover bad movies and better beers. Oh, that sounds fun. I love, I love craft beer. So it sounds right up my alley. Yeah. Very cool. It's a good time. Awesome. Well, Tom, um, my guest always picks the movie. Sometimes people say, have you covered this movie or when are you going to cover this movie? And that answer is when someone picks it. So Tom, what movie did you choose to talk about today? So I picked the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic Predator. I cannot believe no one's picked this yet. Like I was actually shocked. I was like, yes. (laughs) When I said commando or predator, I figured I was like, oh, you know, somebody definitely picked Predator. But then you're like, oh, no. I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, let's talk about Predator because this is it's a it's a classic that almost could have never been because of all that went on behind the scenes. So it's sort of a miracle that this wound up as awesome as it did and that it created one of the more enduring creatures um, in cinema. So 100 percent. Well, Uh, Before we go too much further, I will tell guests that if you have not seen this movie before, and by the way, right now you can watch it for free. Um, I think I saw it on Tubi. It was either Tubi or Hulu. No, I think it was Hulu. But anyway, you can watch it (laughs) and please do and then come back and listen to our discussion because we won't hold back. We will be filled with spoilers. So let me read the summary of the movie real quick and then we'll dive in. 
Uh, Dutch, a soldier of fortune, is hired by the U.S. government to secretly rescue a group of politicians trapped in Guatemala. But when Dutch and his team, which includes weapons expert Blaine and CIA agent George, land in Central America, there is something gravely wrong. After finding a string of dead bodies, the crew discovers they are being hunted by a brutal creature with superhuman strength and the ability to disappear into its surroundings. I mean, that sort of sort of gets it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a vague summary. We'll we'll dive in deeper, but um, Tom, what is your experience with this movie? When did when did you first see it? I know it, it came out in 1987. So yeah, so I'm a child of the 80s. Uh, I was a bit too young to see this in theaters, uh, far too young. But growing up in the the 80s and the early 90s, movies like this were in syndication constantly. Yes, and. I would watch everything Arnold with my dad. It was like a real bonding thing. He took me to CT2 when it came out in 91. But I had seen Terminator and Predator and a lot of the more popular films that were syndicated uh, because they were just on. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't necessarily know that he called the Predator an ugly mother effer until probably <laughs> high school. But I've always these were sort of like my superheroes. Arnold in particular was this action star who I was just a fanatic of. And in those times there were, I mean, we had Batman in 89. That was a really big deal. But if you were a superhero fan, the action stars were your superheroes. That's such a good way to put it. Wow. I had, I hadn't thought of it that way, but I am also a child of the eighties. And I was also too young when this came out, but I, like you have the experience of seeing it on TV over and over. Um, my uncle was like a huge fan for some random reason. It was like this movie jaws and like, he, he always liked creature movies. So he liked this one jaws and he liked, uh, it was a little later, but, uh, Lake Placid. <laughs> and I just yeah, remember yeah. like watching those like over and over and over, um, Lake Placid, like I said, came later, but, um, with predator, I, I just have so many memories of watching it with my uncle and my dad in the living room, just, you know, watching it so many times. And so I can't even remember when I first saw it, but I just remember like you, I was a huge fan of Arnold. I mean, everybody was, he's like, I guess like the rock today. <laughs> he he was larger than life. Um, you know, and he had that personality and, and a lot like the rock too. Like the rock is his own, uh, like he lives in his own like atmosphere almost like yeah he's like his own ip like i don't know he's yeah. just yeah but um so usually at this part of the podcast we share some quick facts and i've got a couple of them it sounds like you've got some juicy ones so i i um yeah i've seen this movie probably like 150 times oh my gosh very cool okay so then you you probably have way better ones than i do but there is you know it had its 30th anniversary in 2017 yeah that's true all of a sudden like the oral history came out (laughs) and they re-released the uh if it bleeds documentary uh which is like a 30 minute like behind the scenes that they shot mostly while they were filming the movie and then i think at the 15 year anniversary they they re-recorded some interviews with bill duke and and carl weathers and some other guys but uh yeah there's a ton of great stuff in those that's awesome yeah i've got i've got three here and it's no secret guys i mean i get these from imdb and i just kind of comb through them and pick my favorites but here's a couple that i really liked 
Uh, Carl Weathers joked in an interview that Arnold Schwarzenegger got him addicted to cigar smoking during filming. Arnold is famous for smoking cigars, but he offered one to Weathers, who initially declined because he's a non-smoker from his pro football days, but, you know, eventually gave in. Once he tried it, Arnold gave him a box of cigars. <laughs> I did see that one, yep. Yeah. Um, another one I had was at the Predator costume Wade. This one, anytime there's like costume stuff, I like to cosplay. So I always like these kind of facts, but the Predator costume weighed over 200 pounds. And even though seven foot two, uh, Kevin Peter Hall was a large, you know, man, he had to be connected to a bungee rig in order to be, to, for him to like move more, move, uh, believably. Yeah. Essentially he was like blind in that suit too. So a lot of these scenes were at the end where you, you only really get eight minutes of, of predator right uh, fan suit he you know was like being led because he he had no idea where arnold was he hit him a couple times i believe um fortunately for him you do get to see him as the helicopter pilot one of the helicopter pilots at the oh. end of the movie and then sadly he died like right after predator 2 came out he died oh of gosh. pneumonia at 35 that is so young oh my gosh what a terrible way to go yeah um, the predator's blood, a goopy substance with the color of Mountain Dew, was made on set using liquid from glow sticks and KY jelly. <laughs> I, yep. <laughs> it's always funny when you when you read behind the scenes of stuff. But you know, I saw the other day a TikToker that was like a little younger than me was talking about how like goopy the '90s were, and I'm like, the goopy the goopiness of the '90s has nothing on the '80s. <laughs> Yeah, and that's sort of the glory of practical effect. Yeah, uh, is the stuff you find out about how they made it, or like when they were doing the T one thousand when he's frozen, and it's like Christmas tree uh, spray. It's like, well, that can't be healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's like now it's like hmm, I don't know. I feel like there'd be some rules about that, some tests done on skin first or something. But um, yeah, so yeah, I, those are my two favorite facts. Really, those last two that two hundred pounds. My gosh, that is. Yeah, cumbersome. It's, and the suit uh, was designed by Stan Winston, um, who basically was brought on in an emergency because the original suit, uh, which you can see in the If It Bleeds documentary or just look up Predator original suit, um, and there's GIFs of it online. Oh. Uh, they shot like 50% of the movie. They finally get this suit and the studio had gone cheap because they were trying to make this movie basically within a reasonable budget and they got the suit and it looks terrible. Um, <laughs> I guess the the closest description I could give it is if it looked like the art, it looks a little bit like the Arbiter from Halo 2, but not nearly as cool. And Van Damme was in the suit. So the alien was also drastically smaller. <laughs> wow. And so they did a couple of scenes with it and they're like, this is not going to work. They had to shut down production. Arnold says, hey, you know, I worked with Stan Winston on Terminator. I bet you we can get him to do it. So they call him up. He's on a plane with James Cameron. He's drawn up designs because he'd seen, I guess he takes this uh, initial meeting with, with the producer, uh, Joel Silver. And there was some Rastafarian warrior on his wall. So he's like, oh, that's cool. And James Cameron's going, you know, I've never seen a creature with like mandibles. And he's like, oh, James, that's a great idea. So then he draws that up and that's wow. how we get this design. And had they said, hey, we're not shutting this down or, you know, you got to work with what you have. This movie is not what it is because that original design was so goofy. It's not intimidating looking at all. 
And uh, it is funny, though, that Van Damme was in it. And I guess there's a myriad of reasons maybe he got fired from this film. Apparently, he was whining a lot. He was passing out a lot because it was so hot in the suit. He wanted to do too many jump kicks. And they're like, this isn't what the Predator would do. <laughs> Virtually everybody has a different account of why Van Damme was fired from this movie. <laughs> but well, yeah. And so they wind up shutting down production for a few weeks. And they're the, the studio doesn't know what they have because essentially it's just a bunch of guys in a jungle, right? Yeah. Yeah. To and me, so, this movie is like Rambo with an alien is like yeah. how I... Yeah, think of it. And so they rewrite that Palapa scene, right? That that siege of the gorilla compound to be mm. this huge action scene. Originally, yeah. it wasn't that crazy. And they're like, if you can shoot this in eight days, we'll send it to the studio. They did it. They saw it. And they're like, oh, okay. That's what we're paying for. Cool. Because they were ready to shut this thing down. Wow. Because what they had was just a, a bunch of muscular men walking through the jungle. <laughs> And they're like, well, what's going on? Like, why is this intriguing? They don't have any creature on screen, so they they had nothing to show them. Yeah, I mean, and and your point earlier about like the creature really only being at the end for a few minutes, I feel like is the hallmark of a of a good creature film. Like, you don't show them till the very end, but you have to that build up and the action sequences have to be compelling enough to where that's exciting when you finally get the creature at the end. Yeah, this movie is literally the best parts of Alien and Aliens. Yeah, no, it's you've got so true. The the action, but you've also got the tense atmosphere and the one creature that they're learning about as they go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I was like paying attention to the time. I mean, you really don't even know that there's a creature till over an hour into the film, right? Because, like, you know, for a long part of the film, it's a lot of buildup, getting to know the characters, going on the mission, and then things start to go sideways. It, it takes a while to get there. You know something is watching them, but until they leave that village, you get, like, the uh, the infrared vision. But until he picks up that dead scorpion, you don't know what's watching them. Right. And uh, I think that's sort of the brilliance of this movie is the way it it teases this thing out so well and the glowing eyes and, and you see it like if you look very closely in certain scenes, you can see the, the distorted leaves of the jungle cause he's standing there. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted in, in this next piece to talk a little bit about like the director and the cast. Uh, this is directed by John McTiernan, which, you know, uh, you guys have heard we did an episode on Die Hard. So it's kind of like, no wonder we like this movie so much. This guy made Die Hard. <laughs> Literally, he's in the, uh, you know, despite what came after uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance and, you know, you get ran afoul with the law and, uh, you know, made a couple crummy movies. He's in the action movie Hall of Fame. You, oh, for you sure. Predator. Die Hard, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Last Action Hero, which I love and I know was not so beloved at the time, but is, I think, aged pretty well. This guy was the man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, also The Hunt for the Red October. Yep, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we can see why, yeah, he definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So um, that's one point. And then we've talked about Arnold a little bit. What's What can we say? This guy was larger than life. He was in tons of films in the 80s and 90s. Uh, you got Carl Weathers as Dylan, who I feel like is an almost equally important character in this movie. And he adds like a little gravitas. Like mm-hmm. he's uh, Jesse the Body, not an actor. This was his first movie, really. Um, Richard Chavez, 
plays mm-hmm. Pancho, not necessarily like big time actor. Uh, Sonny Landon had been in things. Uh, funny thing about him is studio would not sure him because he oh, really? was very angry drunk. Oh dear. And so they had to hire a bodyguard to follow him around, not to protect him, but to pr- protect other people from him. My gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And Shane yeah. Black. Uh-huh. And he was, I guess they really only hired him because they thought they're going to have to punch up the script mm-hmm. because, you know, he'd done Lethal Weapon and he was like really hot commodity. Uh, and it turned out he's like, you know, I really didn't do a whole lot with the script, which is cool to know that these two guys who, the, the Thomas brothers who had slipped this script under an executive, like a the Fox studio door because nobody would read it. Um, you know, this is their baby and they wrote the sequel too. So. Oh, wow. Tell, tell me a little more about that. I'm, I'm kind of interested in hearing about that. Like, like how did this movie come about? I, I know you said there was a pretty interesting backstory. Yeah. So they basically were joking around after seeing Rocky four and they're like, well, what's next? Is he going to fight, you know, an alien? And they're like, wait a minute. So they're on vacation. They decide to write this movie uh, they couldn't get anybody to read it. It was a spec script. Nobody wanted a piece of it. They slide it under the studio's door one day and it made its way to the right hands. And all of a sudden they're like, well, can we get Arnold? Yeah, we can get Arnold. And this thing gets rolling. Wow. And But, you know, that's like sort of the miracle of getting a movie made. Like it's, it's tough. It, you, you never know how many queries you're going to have to send out to get somebody to read your script. And, and sometimes it just happens by accident. And that's another sort of miracle coincidence of this film. Wow. That's really interesting. So what are some of your favorite scenes from this movie? I think from the jump when Alan Silvestri of Avengers fame, that main title hits with the mm-hmm. and you see the guys riding in on the helicopter from that point on, you know, this movie's going to come at you hard Yes. And it's Dylan, you son of a bitch, the biceps. And then that's like the manliest like, movie ever. Oh, yeah. And that was like apparently a theme of the set, too, was Arnold had a gym shipped out to Mexico in Puerto Vallarta where they shot this. And it was just like a bunch of dudes trying to prove who's the most manly. And that's what <laughs> Arnold's catchphrase was. We're the manly men. And <laughs> Like, well, he kind of slimmed down for this role, right? Like, I read yeah, that because yeah. I noticed, like, watching it again, I was like, he looks so much younger to me, but I think it's because he's so much smaller than I'm used yes, to. Yes, he lost uh, 25 pounds because he wanted to look more like a, a commando, you know, a guy that was in the special forces as opposed to bulkier. Yeah, granted, he's still huge, but yeah. <laughs> smaller than we've seen him. Yes. And, he still uh, won a bottle of champagne from Jesse Ventura after he convinced the wardrobe department to make his biceps uh, smaller than they were. And then Jesse's like, well, how big are Arnold's biceps? And they were bigger. And so he shows up and he goes, Arnold, uh, how, how big do you think your biceps are? I bet mine are bigger. And he said, well, let's bet a bottle of champagne. And it turns out his biceps were like three inches bigger than Jesse's. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Not surprising. But, uh, I mean, from from the jump, what's the matter, Dylan? You know, CIA's got you pushing too many pencils. <laughs> I'm, like, in from that point on. So that that's 
that scene's incredible. Of course, the raid on the Gorilla Village is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think from there, you know, a lot of things are happening. You know, people are getting picked off one by one. But the the realization, if it bleeds, we can kill it. And them, them going about making these traps to get the best of this thing. And they still don't know exactly what it is, right? Or Mac charging up the hill. It's it's all... I, I don't... There's no fat in this movie. Yeah. Literally, actually. Literally, it, it literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah, literally. Everyone's buff. And also, there's no <laughs> fat in the script. Yeah, it's hard to pick just a favorite scene. I like... Like I said before, I kind of like the slow sort of build up until... Things really get crazy in the jungle. And then, you know, like you said, you kind of realize I, I, the, the, the heat vision thing is so iconic now. Um, that that seemed like such a cool thing to do with the creature and has been used so many times since then. Um, just giving you sort of an air of mystery of like, okay, we know we're working with a creature that is, you know, sophisticated, intelligent. We don't know much about it. We don't, like you said, see it till the end. But um, they have to kind of outsmart it. And that's where, you know, uh, Arnold's character really comes into play. I mean, you know, he was brought in because he was the best of the best. He had to be deceived to bring him there. But once he's there, he's their best shot at beating it. Um, There's like a little bit of a legend around this creature already, right? Yeah. Whenever it's like the hottest, that's, that's when he comes. Like the hottest years are when he comes. And, you know, they find people skinned, which is how... You know, their sort of intro to Arnold's already like some or Dutch is like something's going on here. Like they find Jim Hopper's men skinned alive. He's like, this is not what gorillas do. Yeah, you know, it's this like... is not within the rules of engagement that they'd leave these guys hanging in a helicopter without their skin. Right, right. It's, it's gory, brutal, like and not something that would be done for sure. And yeah, I like that added mystique that like this predator has been here before and that the locals are like aware of it, but it's kind of like a legend. Um, and, you know, she's desperately trying to get away the whole time because she's like, we cannot fight this thing. <laughs> but, um, you know, lucky for her, she's got Dutch with her um, and Dylan and together, you know, along with their team, they're able to kind of try to outsmart this thing. I think uh, from the initial killings, right? You lose Blaine, you lose Hawkins. Yeah. And that sets up a nice thing because they're like, well, where's where's Hawkins' body, right? Where did it go? And the jungle took him. The jungle took him. And then uh, they have Blaine all zipped up. And then there's another sort of, you know, predators testing the strength of their defenses. And he steals Blaine's body. Like, where did Ooh. this body go? And then, of course, you get the great effect of him uh, going to work and cleaning skulls and, you know, uh, essentially assembling his trophies. But yeah, it's all uh, it's just all so well done, like and it keeps building and building and building. And then as soon as you get to this, like the, the which the crescendo is essentially the rest of the team is done for you get the great sequence of Dylan taking responsibility for getting them into this mess. I'm going to go with Mac and he and Mac think they've got the upper hand. Next thing you know, Mac's dead. Dylan finds him dead. He turns around and he gets his arm blown off with the shoulder cannon. And, and it's like they, they're just hearing screams through the jungle 
as they're trying to march desperately as far away as possible to get to this chopper. Mm -hmm. Get to the chopper. <laughs> the iconic line. Apparently Arnold's favorite line of all his many, many lines. Really? Yeah, of in his movie career is get to the chopper. So I would have thought it'd be all be back since that one's so, <laughs> yeah, know, it's in everything, but. It really is. I'm flipping through some of the pictures here too. Um, yeah, well, do you want to, I guess we've kind of led up to, do you want to talk about like the face off with the creature? Yeah, and I think because now here, one-on-one -on -one is very Aliens-esque uh, with Ripley being the last person on the Nostromo, right? Mm -hmm. I got to get out of here. Except Arnold has no escape. Arnold's is, I'm going to take this thing out, right? Ripley's trying to get into this hatch and go. And he's trying to figure out how to best this thing because he's finally come to the realization after he falls off that waterfall that he can't see me if my body heat is masked. Mm -hmm. um, if you go to Puerto Vallarta, by the way, the village is a tourist spot still. And you can really? take donkey rides up to this waterfall it's no a lot way. smaller than it looks on screen but yeah I, I stayed at a resort a few times in high school and that was one of the like excursions you could do was go up there and of course as an arnold fan you got to go up there and check it but out you did that yeah very cool yeah I had no idea and i i think my favorite part about all this is he literally it flips the narrative of the movie on its head arnold is actually a much superior hunter to the predator mm -hmm. the predator and it's it's weird in a way like he almost serves as like an analogy for like uh like gun culture mm -hmm. and where you see the people like oh this, here's my ar-15 this is my hunting rifle and it's like well that's not a hunting rifle like what what sport is it to have something like that that is so like the animal stands no chance and in this movie like literally everyone he's hunting really don't stand a chance against him that's so a what good is point. I never thought it? about it that way. Yeah, like he enjoys hunting and killing humans, but they're completely defenseless. Like they're they taken totally unaware. Yeah. yeah, he's invisible. He has this incredible technology. Um, you know, he shoulder he's obviously <laughs> agile. You know, he's climbing all over the place, and it's really not so much like, are you the ultimate predator? Because it yeah. doesn't really appear that way. Like now, is he taking on some very capable people? Certainly in this movie. But that's what I think about. Like in Predator 2, he goes to L.A. And it's like, what is he doing here in L.A.? Is he <laughs> going to kill people going to look at like the map of the stars? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like almost like, I guess, I don't know. Is his goal to like cause so much mayhem that an opponent will rise that can meet him? Like, you know, he kills all those people. They end up bringing Arnold Schwarzenegger to him. Is that his goal? Like very weird, but I've never thought about it that way. <laughs> yeah. And I, it really didn't like hit me so much until I was watching it this time. Uh, and I was kind of like, Oh, you know what? Like, is he really like, is he the ultimate predator? Yeah. He's kind of shooting fish in a barrel. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I got to say the most jarring thing to me rewatching this is his laugh. Like, I like, I think I forgot about that. That part seems so bizarre and out of left field to me, like now. Him, yeah, sort of uh, imitating the sounds of, of what he hears. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, and there is that I moment. I don't remember that. Where he's in the woods and he had heard 
Billy laugh about one of those obscene jokes that yes, and Shane Black re- did write those jokes. Which yeah, I was going to say that those had to have been Shane Black. Not come as a surprise. <laughs> There's no but, way. <laughs> and Billy hears like that weird sort of warbling version of his laugh. Oh like, yeah. Okay, so they know, did like, set up that precedent. That's yeah, true. Like, hmm. But it it does take. It's almost like when the T one thousand dies and it just starts molding back into all the things that it it, it had it, it, uh, imitated throughout the movie and it's like really weird it's like why is this is your death moan you're just gonna like do all these things <laughs> it is jarring though i guess visually it, yeah. and it's it's unnerving when he laughs for sure like i think it's it makes sense and it's like it's a cool thing to add because it's creepy like he's not human and he's laughing and it's it feels so intentional and so evil that you're like, well, what's going to happen now? Like, I think I did it's, think it was like perfectly timed. It's a taunt. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you think you've gotten the best of me, but you have explode. Yeah. Yeah. Which of course, I mean, the way this movie is permeate, permeated pop culture, right? That's a finishing move in Mortal Kombat three. Like, it, And then of course later the predator is in Mortal Kombat. And so, and then later you have Aliens versus Predator. <laughs> I know. And I I think as like a kid, I was so into this movie and, and Aliens too, for sure. I mean, oh, uh, yeah. when they started marketing toys to art for R-rated movies to kids, I had all those Alien toys. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they like, were super popular. I actually yeah. just bought a friend another Aliens toy recently. <laughs> My friend Kara that was on, I think she was on that episode. Yeah, that you listened to. Yeah, I, it's almost <laughs> like... I wish they would have capitalized on those two properties at their peak mm-hmm. and had someone like Jim Cameron do it. Um, yeah. Cause because... it does feel like they're of the same world in some ways. Oh, certainly there there's stories like easily that could be told about. Um, I know that later on in the comics, there was a whole lore to the predators and their home planet and stuff. And obviously the movie predators tried it. Um, which was one of the more interesting things I found out as I was going through these extras on, on the predator collection I have on voodoo is that Robert Rodriguez wrote predators for Arnold. Oh, I had no in idea. In the mid nineties. And he, he even met with him to pitch the idea. And Arnold, I guess was like, well, it has to be back in the jungle. And he's like, don't worry. It is. Uh, but he ultimately passed. And that's like an ultimate what if for me, because I think that the predator movie suffered so much without him. They never had a guy as charismatic as him to, to, to take that movie over and really make it as, as awesome as it could be. Like, I love Adrian Brody. He's not a Dutch to me. He's not a Dutch type. Not even Um, close. Yeah. You know, Danny Glover, love Danny Glover. Same deal. Like there's a reason Danny Glover was like the old tired guy in Lethal Weapon. (laughs) (laughs) But, and, uh, I, I really didn't like the Alien versus Predator movies. They just felt like sort of cash grabby. Yeah, I never saw them. I just, it wasn't my thing. And, you know, even with the Alien franchise, I was more into like one and two. And I guess if the other ones are on, I'll watch them. But really one and two were the ones I it's, cared about. It's tough because three, I saw three in theaters. That was one of the, the movies my dad took me to. And it was like at the time I thought it was good but it does not hold up particularly well. And I guess the director's cut is better, but four is like such a fall from like grace quality wise that it's hard to believe. It's like, like, how do you, 
how do you bungle a property like this? I don't understand. This is like gold. Yeah, with such incredible design work and like it's all the blueprints already done for you. Like, how does it? It's just hard. I mean, and you know, I do like. I mean, well, I don't want to start talking too much about aliens, <laughs> but I, I I love Prometheus. We have an episode on that too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I would love to see. Are, are you interested in seeing Prey? So it's actually funny when I proposed uh, this one of this is one of the films to you. And you chose this. I was excited because our next series, we always do movies and series on, on hops and box office flops. And we're going to do basically hops and hunting ground flops. And we're doing predator two and predators and the predator, which I was so hyped for because Shane black was coming back. He was going to write it and it's a hot mess. Um, And then we're going to do prey uh, because it's new and it's exciting. And I am excited for it pending on, uh, I was a little worried, like, is this going to be just the Predator, just, you know, massacring Native American people? Because it's like, I, I don't really think we need to evoke that history. It's really sad and tragic. Um, yeah, that's a good but point. they seem to be the protagonists and they seem like they're going to be, but he, there's imperialists too. There's, you know, obviously people that are coming. In that second trailer, I was like, oh, okay, this looks a little bit better to me. Yeah, is it really I noticed for that sport? too when you're hunting people who are using bow and arrows and you've got again, the technology. Yeah. The only advantage they have is, um, or that humans have, I guess when he fights them in that setting is that they know the land better than he does. Depending on the first time there. Yeah. Depending on, you know, where they go with it and yes, there's going to be wooded areas, but there's going to be open fields and and things of that nature too. But uh, Dan Trachenberg, pretty trustworthy i mean 10 cloverfield lane was pretty good so i'm optimistic yeah i'm i'm cautiously optimistic i think the only thing i noticed from the trailer is that the effects looked shaky to me but i guess we'll see when we see the movie but yeah, i'm open that, to the uh, concept the concept is interesting and i had forgotten until i rewatched this that the precedent is set already in this movie that he's been there before so i do like that yeah i think you know, they kind of, that was one of the things the movies kind of lost the thread with was the Predator lore. And by the time you get to Alien versus Predator, it like just absolutely makes no sense. But, <laughs> you know, them hunting throughout history, I think, is engaging enough of a premise, a premise to, to go with it. But yeah, the CGI bear, yeah, not great. Yeah, that's the, I guess, that Hulu budget. And I wonder, I wonder what kind of money they are putting in because it seems like a lot of these Fox properties are just like, hey, we're going to throw these on Hulu. Yeah, it's like they're done very quickly. Yeah. I mean, I get that sense about some of these MCU shows too, though, where it's like, oh, man, no, this is really flat looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a definite dip in quality in some of the properties for sure. But regardless, because I'm entertained by the concept, I would still watch it. It's kind of like with the Aliens movies, too. I'm I'm like, you know, have there been some that I really didn't like? For sure. Will I probably go see another one? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, like, okay, I love Prometheus. Mm-hmm. And then I hated uh, Covenant. Covenant did not care for as much. Yeah, I just, I think, I, I don't know if you felt the same way. We had a really good discussion about it on Twitter a while back. But I think David's turn is what really ruined covenant for me i mean along with some of the effects and 
other weird things about it, but like that really, I, I didn't really see the need to go that dark with him. It just felt out of character and too morose. I don't know. It was, yeah, it was weird. I, I think the effects like is what bugged me the most. It's yeah. Like, why are we doing that? You know, you kind of recreate the end of Alien, but it's with CGI, and it just doesn't work then. It, it, yeah. There's something about practical effects to this day, especially with creature films. Honestly, it's like I want to see something. You know. I do. I want to. Th- I want to think that thing is is there with them. It it really ups the ante, and and there's a lot of that in this movie that is just so well done. Because even though, uh, when the predator crawls by him and this is like prior to the final showdown and you see the, the sort of distorted, you know, I, I forget how they made it, but the guy was in a red suit and they did all this weird uh, stuff. There is a guy there crawling past him. So mm-hmm. even though those are effects, there was some guy there. Right. Right. And that yeah. adds to like the, the, the tense nature of, of the scene. And I think, you know, if Arnold is in this movie and he's so big, like, it doesn't make sense, like, this other version with Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> like, it's got to be a big, tall dude because he's fighting Arnold. You, you like, have to see these deleted um, scenes with the the other suit. Ugh. And it is so goofy looking. Like, you know, in this, he's got the shoulder cannon. It's really cool. It looks around. Like, it's almost like it's got its own. It's, it's like, sentient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that he's got like this little thing he carries in his hand and it throws out almost like the thing from Krull, like <laughs> glaive. <laughs> yes. It's uh someone it's should bad. pick that movie. <laughs> I would love to talk about that. Krull's um, amazing. <laughs> yes. Um but yeah, it's like I don't know, there's just like you said, actors behave and respond differently when something's with them, like truly with them. Like I love that um, that's one of my favorite things that uh, Denis Villeneuve said. You know, he, he loves to do, he, well, he started off with really grounded movies and he did like Blade Runner 2049 and Dune. But there was like a behind the scenes interview I saw when he did 2049 where he said, you know, actors just behave differently when they're in a real setting. And that's why he tried so hard to like stay away from just using green screen and like, you know, the, the little blaster the gun, the Blade Runner gun, um, that's so iconic. He made it heavy because he's like, it, if it's not heavy, it looks like it can just be thrown around. Like actors act differently when they're holding something heavy versus something light. And they, so like uh, what you're saying makes sense. And like Arnold even pushing back and saying, let's make sure that this setting, if I come back, it's in, it's in the jungle. Like, you know, all those elements like work really well in this film. And when you try to take the predator, I think out of that, it just doesn't, doesn't work as well. Like, the fact that these guys all were training with real weapons, they trained with a like an ex-Navy SEAL guy and learned all the hand signals and did all that stuff, that goes a long way. And, and, and then mm-hmm. having the alien there, too. I mean, I know uh, the guy who plays Poncho served in Vietnam and so did Jesse but- the Body of Ventura, but you believe these guys are like the best of the best, which yeah. I know is a, a very action movie trope, like... I love Commando and John Matrix is the best, mm-hmm. but this movie, like it, it really adds a layer to it that the best of the best are getting wiped out and they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're getting w- wiped out by a predator who 
loves having an advantage, I guess. <laughs> like you said, he does. He, he doesn't like a complicated game. No, he stacks the deck. <laughs> it's so cool too. like, you know, we've come so far, like in the fan world, like you see so many of these guys now, like at every big convention, there's a bunch of people in, in predator suits and they always look so awesome. I think just, I love to see that. That is, I think, I'm very happy that the character has endured, even if the movies have not always been as good as I'd like them to be. It's just amazing, like, how far that design has has gone. And to think, yeah. like, they were so close to it not being that. And if this movie could be a disaster, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's out of print, and you can't find this thing, like... You know, this is this movie's going to live on for a long, long time. It, it transcends the genre, and I think all the best movies in any genre are ones that you can point to and be like, "Oh yeah, like I'm not big into sci-fi, but that movie is awesome." Yeah, to that point, I mean, like I said, my uncle was like a huge fan, but he wasn't like a, a big sci-fi fan necessarily. He just really liked the way the creature looked, and I mean. I think that character design is so important in films like this. I mean, it, it does separate, you know, something iconic from something that kind of falls away. And I think there's a lot of like happy coincidences in the movie that like you were, have talked about, you know, during our discussion, you know, getting Arnold and like, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme not working out and like the rest of the cast, like without all those elements, it just, it really needs all that to work. It's just such a, successful movie because of it 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 goes to show like it was when you're a kid you don't ever think about how difficult it is to make a movie mm-hmm. um but for them to throw together like that palapa scene where they're literally blowing up crow's nests and blowing up trucks and blowing up a helicopter in a matter of like days that's incredibly impressive for the, mm-hmm. the, the stunt crew and the film crew to like put that scene together. And I know McTiernan was really ticked off about it after they first did it, did it. Cause he's like, I'm not making a war movie. How many times do I have to tell you this isn't a war movie, but that sold the movie. So without it, it's like. That's yeah, interesting that he says, I'm not making a war movie. Can you talk more about that? What, what, what? I, I guess when he came onto this, it was, he wanted the impression was this movie was called Hunter and it was uh, before it evolved into Predator when they remade the suit. And it was supposed to be much more atmosphere and tension. Mm-hmm. And yes, you get to this ending point where they have this sort of face off. Um, I think in the original script, Billy was actually more of the lead. It was an, uh, the Native American guy that was the head of the of the group. And then mm-hmm. when they signed Arnold on, obviously that changed because he is the star. But yeah, he's not a background character. <laughs> no, like this is far uh, before the Expendables when you could shortchange Arnold. Right. Um, but yeah, he he didn't want people to think this was going to be a stereotypical silly action movie because there were so many of them. And Commando had come out two years before this. And it's like, are people going to look at this and think, if this is what we're selling, that this is just more of that. He, well, you know, he thought they had something special with this concept, and of, and of course they did. But they definitely do. But at the same time, this movie is so successful because it is an action movie. I think. I I don't you know like I look at it as you could say it's uh, a horror movie, even though I don't you know I never found it particularly scary. 
I think there's something comforting about knowing Arnold is there to save the day. <laughs> right. It's like, um, we're not going to lose Arnold here. Whereas like an alien, you don't get that. You, you don't know, right? <laughs> don't like, that, yeah. Especially because Ellen Ripley was so, um, you know, genre breaking. And yeah. She's, that's what makes her such a great character. But it's certainly sci-fi. But what I call a sci-fi movie, uh, I, I look at this as an action movie. Yeah, same. And I think it works best that way. I think if you try to lean too hard into the sci-fi, you know, you can you can point to flaws like like you've said before that, I mean, he's he's really got the advantage here. <laughs> so it's like it's more fun, I think, as an action movie because you know there's reasons why he's invisible. Um, he's he's got this deck stacked against them, but they have to really come up with like these traps for him and like outsmart him and that makes it more fun but i think if it was too if the movie took itself too seriously i don't think it would work no i think you have to have the quips and i know stick around was something that arnold improvised but <laughs> you have to have a little bit of that macho you know these you have to have a little fun in here it can't yeah. be too too dour and the whole time these guys are on a suicide mission like you gotta give them their moment so yeah you're kind of expecting all of them to die but they you want them to like go out heroically which i couldn't remember watching this again it had been so long i'm like do all do any of them make it like or does only arnold walk out and you know <laughs> at the very end when you know a few of them are still with us i'm like oh okay i guess that was like the typical 80s like you don't kill everybody like you know uh the girl is like really one of the she's like the smartest character. She's way ahead of the curve on these guys. And yeah, she's she like, I just want to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, we're not, we're not, this is not a fair fight. But one of my favorite parts is when, even when she's like, okay, we're not getting out of here. She picks up the gun. Arnold kicks it out of her hand and just like screams no. And just starts shooting into the tree. And then that's when he gets shot. Get to the chopper. <laughs> and we get, you know, here it is. One-on-one. -on -one, finally, Mono mono or mono a predator best versus the best <laughs> let's go yeah and that's that's what we're all waiting for and again it has to be an action movie because you don't i in my opinion you don't make like a serious deep thinking sci-fi with arnold as the main actor no like, you just can't that just doesn't work arnold but, is here to blow things up yeah and he does a wonderful job at that um and and i just like their standoff i like the way it ends with the explosions and like you know, him getting back in the chopper and I don't know. It just, I really like the way that it wraps up. I, I think Very the helmet, point. the helmet reveal is one of my favorite uh, creature reveal moments because oh, you've yeah. been waiting the entire movie for this. There's uh, something about the eighties too, that had a lot of like crustacean-y crab like stuff yeah. going on, you know, like, I mean, Again, can I? We have to talk about aliens because I, there's such a connection. But it feel, it reminds me a little bit of like the legs on the face huggers, like I, I don't know with the mandibles. Um, yeah, I can yeah, see it's that. a great reveal. It is, and that I mean, as much as they you know they joke that what what would Rocky fight next? Like aliens and Alien were their two biggest inspirations, right? And that's really clear. I mean, even if you didn't know that going in, like you watch and you're like. Oh yeah, this is just like the, as I said, the best of both of those. This yeah. is great. Yeah, it's really entertaining, um, and I think it it holds up really well. Like 
I watched it again and I was like, this is a great movie. You know, it's not like something, sometimes you can kind of have rose colored lenses on, especially when you watch something when you're younger. But I think this one's pretty enduring. Um, I think, you know, if you haven't seen it before, it's it's worth a, a watch. There are very few effects in this film where you're going to be like, oh, that looks terrible. Yeah. Uh, I think the first moment the jungle comes live, little little janky, but the practical effects hold up so, so well. Um, there's Arnold movies I love, like Conan the Destroyer, right? doesn't hold up. It's not a very good movie. But because of my nostalgia, I love it. This You could put this in front of anybody. This will, this will hold up. The, yeah. Certainly the, the practical effects hold up far better than Terminator, the original, which was three years I earlier, agree. but still. I agree. I mean, that... Again, we keep saying it, but the, the creature design is great. His suit is great, and it looks good. Um, it, it looks fantastic. When, when his mandibles are twitching, when he roars for the first time, Yes, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, so good, so good. Well, um, have we missed any of the iconic scenes you wanted to talk about or, or facts that you wanted to bring up? I think we've talked. I mean, basically, we... Uh, Roundabout, we it. talked about basically all the great, <laughs> great scenes of the movie. Because I, I do, I love, I love everything about this movie. I think it's as perfect a action movie as as has been made. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, it's a really good example of of the you know eighties, nineties aesthetic. Um, it's a tight hour and forty seven minutes too, so it's a pretty quick watch. It is, yeah, and and I was like getting a little tired last night, and I was like, no, no. I know where we're at. No problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm not giving up right before the showdown. Um, I mean, there's some funny stuff about Joe Silver. Uh, you know, he's classically wacky guy. I don't know if you've heard the story. Uh, have you seen, you've seen True Romance, I'm sure. Yes, but it's been a and while. Lee Donowitz, the uh, cocaine party producer, is based on Joel Silver. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess because Tony Scott hated him so much. Yeah. He based that producer on him. But even in this movie, he would walk around in like a pith helmet screaming, like, we're going to take over Puerto Vallarta. And they started calling him El Generalissimo. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Well, I guess this brings me to my last couple of questions for you then. Uh, The first one being, I know we've talked about it this whole time, but if you had to elevator pitch this movie, like, how, what is your pitch for this film to someone that's never seen it before? Uh, do you like Commando? And, you know, inevitably, inevitably they say yes, because who doesn't like Commando? And do you like Alien? Then you will love this movie. Because yes. there's not only one Arnold, there's like four other guys who are super jacked too, blowing things up. <laughs> By the way, I haven't seen Commando. Oh my gosh. It's, so... Now... You have to come back and cover that. <laughs> oh, for sure. I would gladly talk about Commando because it's like one we can't really do on our podcast unless we want to break the rules because it made it made a lot of money. And shockingly, this was made for eighteen million and made almost a hundred. And in oh, the documentary, really? they were they were saying that they you know they were in the red for a while on this, which I was shocked about. I was mm, like, usually this is a gamble. You know, it's kind yeah. of a weird concept, and yeah, interesting. But uh, Commando. I don't know how much you'll enjoy it if you have no nostalgia for it. But as an Arnold fan, I think you'll get a kick out of it. 
Yeah, I feel like if it Arnold's in it, it's watchable. Is how I feel. So yeah, Bill Duke's in it. He's a bad guy though, and that's great. And that's why he was in this movie because he and Arnold oh. got along so well. And he's a great part of Commando. Okay. Well, and and my other question for you is, well, I guess you already covered this, but so you would describe this movie as Commando plus Aliens? Is that right? Yeah, Commando and Alien. Okay. Okay. And I think aliens. that's a pretty solid. Even not knowing what command, having not seen Commando, that that rings true. Mine was Rambo with aliens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I guess that inspired them too. That was uh, Rambo First Blood, the guy yeah. hiding in the woods, basically survivalist. Except in that, he's the underdog. So they kind of flipped that on its head. But yeah, true, true, true. Well, Tom, this has been really great. Um, where where can people find you? Uh, so you can find me personally on Twitter at writertlk. Uh, our show is available basically on any of your favorite podcatchers, and you could check our socials out at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Bo Flops. Uh, awesome! So, Definitely have to check that out. Yeah, so check it out. I'll be finishing my Arnold leg sleeve tomorrow. So, last session of my Arnold tattoo. I'll post some. <laughs> I'll post some pictures of that. I, oh, really? Very yeah, cool. I need to see the, pictures of this. Terminator, Commando, Predator, Last Action Hero, and Conan. Wow. So you really are a huge fan. Yeah, he's, and now I'm getting very nostalgic about him just in general because the older he gets and I I don't think we're going to get any more movies and I enjoyed like his sort of short comeback, but he's got other, he's very civically active and that's important too, but I miss Arnold. I miss having movie stars like him, like, you know, Tom Cruise is still around and that's a movie star. No, I agree. It does feel like it's of a different time. There's just so much content now. Yeah. It's very hard to keep up with too. Mm -hmm. And like, I know like there's the Chris Pratt experiment, but he's not, I I don't really, he's fine. I think he's funny, but he's not like, I don't think he's magnetic enough to be in as much stuff as he's been in lately. I know. It does feel like he's in everything. (laughs) Like everywhere I I look, it's like, wait, why are you on my screen again? What is this? Yeah, it's not quite the same. This was definitely an era for sure. And it's why I love, you know, having these discussions and talking about these older films. So Tom, thank you so much for picking this movie. And I hope to have you back soon. Yeah, I thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I love talking Arnold. Let's definitely do Commando. Mm -hmm. I would love to talk Commando. So Sounds good. 